Hey, it's Kelly here. Just wanted to remind everybody, if you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and share it with others. And if you really like it, please be sure to rate it and leave a review. This podcast is new, and any shares, comments, and ratings will help spread the word and support the podcast. Also, if you have any ideas about topics you'd like covered on the podcast, please leave a comment on our website, cyber.dukecityconsulting.com. Thanks! Hey there. Welcome to the Freelancer's Guide to Cybersecurity podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Byram, and this is the cybersecurity podcast for freelancers, consultants, and the people who hire them. You can find detailed show notes for this episode at cyber.dukecityconsulting.com. Those notes include a summary of the discussion, as well as links to resources mentioned during the show. So like many of you who listen to this podcast, um, I'm a freelancer and I operate my business from home, as I'm sure many of you do. And for years, um, most days I worked relatively uninterrupted. I would, you know, take breaks during the day like you're supposed to. I, I think the saying is that sitting is the new smoking. And so it's a healthy approach to get up and stretch and and take a walk around the block every once in a while. But, you know, for the most part, the day consisted of me, my computer, and the internet tied together, working toward deadlines. Then COVID-19 struck, and suddenly my husband was working from home, and my daughter was finishing her junior year of high school remotely from home. My son's spring break from college morphed into him working remotely from home as well, All of a sudden, my quiet office days with ample internet bandwidth had changed. One computer and a geriatric mobile phone were no longer the only devices sharing the bandwidth. Rather, multiple computers and multiple mobile devices all of a sudden competed for internet access. And the ante was upped too. Four people needed access to a lot of bandwidth for video conferencing from a Wi-Fi router that had been installed, to put it kindly, haphazardly. That is, the cable guy had taken the path of least resistance to the installation, again, trying to put this kindly, and installed our router in a cabinet. Now, anytime you look at information about where not to install a Wi-Fi router, pretty much the first entry is in a cabinet in a corner of the house. Uh, But after what we had to go through to uh, get that installation done, we were so worn down by the whole experience that we just kind of 
put up with it, this epic fail of installation. But now that we were all working from home, that horrible installation job was more than an annoyance. It was a real issue. We needed reliable Wi-Fi throughout the house so everyone could work and study throughout the day simultaneously. The level of internet service we pay for uh, is more than ample for our needs. The challenge was, at that point, that substandard installation of the router in a corner of the house in a cabinet. Long story short, the Wi-Fi router and internet package were more than ample for the size and layout of our home, a single-story home. But the Wi-Fi signal in the back rooms of the house was too weak because of the position of the Wi-Fi router. In other cases, you may find that your router is centrally located, but you have a larger one-story home, a two-story home with weak signal on the story that the router is not located on, or your home has architectural elements that effectively block the signal. Or you may wish to use your device on a patio or in a garage workshop just outside your home. Any way you dice it, you have an internet dead zone. So here's how you can fix those dead zones, expanding the area in which you and yours can work and play productively in your living spaces. It's actually pretty easy. So what I ended up doing was installing a Wi-Fi extender in my home to provide the rooms at the back of the house with a stronger signal. And it has worked like a charm so far. Now, anyone working or studying in the back of the house has an easier time working online and streaming content. The best part? The solution was inexpensive and super easy to implement. Far easier than getting the, the router installation moved. So, sure, I really, I could have opted for the more techie mesh setup offered by my internet service provider, but unfortunately, the provider is the reason why we were having this difficulty, their installation. So no, I, I didn't really want to cue myself up for, for more of that. Or I could have opted for one of the systems, mesh setups, available from Google or Amazon. Now, unlike the extender, which is what I installed, which simply repeats the signal coming off of my router, a mesh network would function more like individual routers placed throughout the home, theoretically offering faster Wi-Fi than the extender setup, but at a steeper price. Also, uh, Google and Amazon are two companies that offer uh, these mesh setups, and those are the most popular options, but those are two companies that are not known for their privacy practices. Well, they're known for them, but not in a good way, right? So. I wanted to avoid integrating their gear into my secure network. It's crucial to note that your router isn't the sole determinant of the quality of your connection. The primary limitation is the speed of the internet package servicing your home. Those speeds are kept by the package you purchase with each step up in speed matched by a step up in price. So really the first step is to make sure that you have an internet package that is substantial enough and robust enough to, at least in theory, provide 
the amount of bandwidth that you need for your home. And you can test your bandwidth and see how well your provider is, is servicing your home by measuring your upload and download speeds. And I have more information about that in the detailed show notes for today, if you're curious about how to do that. And often there are many things you can do to optimize the speed of the connection you do have. Place your router in a central open space in your home and make sure it's not on the floor. If you do have a dual band router, that is you have 2.4 and 5 gigahertz options for your devices, use both bands to spread the traffic out and leave the 5 gigahertz band open for the more heavy duty usage that requires it. Perhaps switching to 2.4 when working on low demand tasks, then back to 5 when video conferencing or streaming content. You can also connect devices within reach of the router to the router using an ethernet cable. If you haven't done this before, check out the back of your router to determine how many ethernet connections you have available. Because an ethernet connection is very stable, especially relative to Wi-Fi, an ethernet connection is always the best option when video conferencing. However, even if your router is centrally located, walls and distance can still interfere with that signal, causing what are called dead zones. In many homes, an inexpensive Wi-Fi extender can do the trick, like it did in mine. So how do you select an extender? First, it needs to be compatible with your router. And chances are, if you buy an extender made by the same company that made your router, they will be compatible. For conclusive evidence that your extender and router are compatible, you can look online at the extender maker's site for compatibility information. My first choice of extender was not compatible with my router, which I easily determined with a quick visit to their website. I was sad, but I got over it. Next, look for a pass-through outlet option if you have a dearth of outlets in the area of your home where you will need to locate your extender. In addition to the pass-through outlet, determine if the extender will block the other outlet when it's plugged in. The best place to locate your extender is roughly midway between the router and the dead zone that you want to cover, in a place where the signal from the router is strong enough to reach the extender, but close enough to the dead zone to reach its furthest limits. In our situation, that place is a long hallway that leads from the main living space of the home to the back living space of the home. Since we are four people working and studying from our home for the foreseeable future, with everyone requiring bandwidth for streaming video and virtual meetings, I selected a router with an ethernet port and added a CAT7 ethernet cable to my order. An ethernet cable allows for more versatility in the usage of the extender, but is by no means required in the functioning of the extender itself. My son and I tested the extender out and found that it dramatically boosted speeds on his laptop, lowering ping and limiting rampant packet loss. That is, decreasing connection times, and improving streaming quality. When we connected his laptop to the extender using the Ethernet port and new cable, ping and packet loss decreased further. As I mentioned earlier, there's information in the detailed show notes about how to measure your connection speed. So anyway, regarding the extender, I opted for a plug-and-play model that I only needed to plug into the wall then connect to the router by pressing the WPS button. 
other extenders required a time-consuming and technical setup. So I avoided this strenuous process by opting for a simple and secure plug-and-play model. Last but not least, I sought out models that would sustain a consistent signal. This piece of information can be found in users' online reviews. Back in the day, I had a router that constantly required resetting, and it drove me batty. Drop signals are a deal breaker for me. In the months I've used the extender, though, I've only had to reset it twice, which is great. We have used this for months now, and its reliability has been incredibly consistent. Despite being a strong and cost-efficient choice in smaller or open environments, if you have a large multi-story home, an extender may not get the job done. In that case, you will likely need to set up a mesh network if optimizing other aspects of your network doesn't address your issue with dead zones. Mesh networks can get expensive. It, they run in the hundreds of dollars to start, and they require some setup, time, and patience. While a great extender like the one I selected, plus a Cat7 Ethernet cable, can be purchased together for under $50, and perhaps the best part is they can be installed and working within five minutes of being unboxed. Remote work and study can tax your home systems for sure. But maximizing your bandwidth doesn't need to be expensive or time-consuming. Try an extender to boost weak signals and tackle dead zones. You may find remote work and study gets a whole lot easier with this simple, inexpensive solution. The Freelancer's Guide to Cybersecurity podcast is a production of Duke City Consulting. Learn more at cyber.dukecityconsulting.com.